I know I'm not going to tackle this in the project, but I have enough trust in you that you're going to take what I did and what I've established and push that further. We have a super exciting episode and after hours edition of Loki Legends. My guest is none other than Dust, the creative director of Locomotive. From strategy to deployment, his primary role revolves around providing a creative vision and guidelines to the team. He is active in transforming client dreams into tangible, feasible solutions. Without any further ado, welcome Dust. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, like I said, it's a special episode. It's after hours, it is night, it is fall, we're getting cozy, we have beers, we're chilling. And I thought it would be a perfect way to kick off by talking about some beers that we're drinking and some music that we're listening to recently. And for everyone out there, the context is a few years back, Locomotive and Rogue tag teamed a website together and created Brews and Grooves, which is a musical experience that pairs together albums and beers in a symbiotic relationship. As an homage to Brews and Grooves, I'd love to know what you're drinking and what you might listen to with it. Well, I brought two beers from a brewery that we really love at the agency. It's actually a couple streets uh, west of where we are uh, on Jean Talon uh, in Montreal. It's called a Brasserie Melon. Mm. M-E-L-L-O-N. I think they have like an accent somewhere, but uh, no, actually no. And they make great beers. It's always fresh. It's always like there. And I brought two that I really like that they do uh, actually in a can because uh, most of their new stuff is always like there. Mm. So I have like a smooth one, like a sour that's called Pareil Medisfera, which means same, the same but different. So uh, it's it's a pale ale, a sour pale ale. And I brought another one that I really, I really like. It's it's called All the Small Things, and it's a German lager. Nice. So a bit, a bit stronger. And, and I'm really into lagers these days. Like, I drank so much fucking IPAs and hoppy beers, like, for in the past years that I'm, like, kind of tired of, like, all this hoppiness. I'm more into like the sours and, and the laggers and something more like classic mm. in terms of taste. And and they just like master all these kinds of beers from ghosts to like uh, like sours to laggers to, to to IPAs or like sessions and stuff like that. So it's really good beer. Sours and, are having like a, a huge moment, like the past, let's say two, three years, they've been popping up, like every brewery's got a sour, but it doesn't mean that every brewery that makes a sour is good. So when you find one, it's like pure magic. I don't like when it's too sour, but when it has that, that little tang in it, you know, it's just so refreshing, especially in the summer, you know, like hot hot nights and stuff like that. It's just like such a nice piada balcon, like we would say in French, like a Lysa, you know, you hang out on the porch, kind of beer, like uh, after a hard day of work. <laughs> yeah, kick your feet up and just chill. Yeah. Relax. Yeah. I mean, like one, one, like you know, eight APV IPA, and you just might get a little bit sleepy. So having something refreshing is nice. Yeah, and I kind of like low alcohol uh, beers. You know, I think there's much taste uh, in them, more refreshing. 
like when it's over like five or six i'm i'm just not into it too strong i would rather go from like some or some spirits or some wine or some stuff like that i, I love like a refreshing beer like uh, that that's really my my stuff there yeah amazing i am drinking let me look at the art this uh, is from cool. this is from aeronaut brewery this is in boston i guess technically somerville so like a suburb of boston i love uh, the design and what the hell is this called into the citra galaxy so it's a session india pale ale and it says drinkers join us as we venture out on an interstellar ride into the citra galaxy so we got some like robots like crushing this like building so i i'm into them they're a cool brewery in in boston and that's where i went to school and like i have lived in massachusetts I'd say the longest period of my life. Um, so repping, repping a local beer here. But my drinking game switches from like summer to winter. I don't mm. know if it's the same for you, but like in the summer, I'm more into sessions, like gals, like like salty beers, and uh, you, you know those sour, those like refreshing lagers. But in the winter, you know, like uh, a nice uh, white beer, a nice like dark stout. You know, mm -hmm. you, you get into more like rich and heavy beers um or bourbon you like yeah. you like whiskey <laughs> i think the first thing that we have to address is how you got the nickname dust the dust nickname slash alias comes from uh i think the mid 2000s i started working with this amazing graffiti slash illustrator uh she's a, a woman from um france uh, she's called Ashes Fifty Seven. Now you can search her. She has like a great work. She she was work with uh, Shepard Fairey, like like a great artist. She used to run a great thing with dubstep in England, uh, on the England scene, you know, like doing a lot of photography and stuff like that. And and she switched it to the Chicago uh, foot uh, footwork, I think it's called uh, scene. And she's just this amazing artist and. In the mid 2000 we were roommates for a long time we like worked with different artists and you know she's a very hands-on artist illustrator she loves to draw things she loves to like 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 create all these things and it was more like the print layout logo guy so it was like mm -hmm. like the very like creative like crazy spark with the more swiss design <laughs> kind of like like dude and it was always like her work coming in my hand and me like like finishing so it was always like ashes to dust so mm -hmm. she had the name she had like everything and we just like connected the dot and like like your ashes i'm dust and you know we started this duo that that, that lasted a couple of years uh, we did like some album cover work like some some like like different like the designs and and at this time i was a drum and bass mc too so at that time my drum and bass mc was cubing mm. so, and i just it was with me for such a long time and i kind of hated it <laughs> so i took the occasion and just switched it to dust mc and i continued the mc thing with the dust and plus the design thing with the dust so it just stuck <laughs> so like there's even people sometimes that hear my real name which is Sebastian, and, and they're like like what <laughs> you know like uh, i thought you were dustin you know nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing to do with dustin it's just like an old thing 
it, it's kind of silly, but I mean, it, it stuck and I kind of embraced it and I just played with it. And it also gives me like this sense of like, oh, it's not my persona that's out there in the public realm. You know, it's I have like I'm kind of this alias to like shepherd my like, like little thing. <laughs> so uh, I kind of love the the mask. Uh, yeah, of it. It, <laughs> it gives you it gives you like creative freedom to do kind of whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, you can see like that. I'm just a very like like uh, private person. I love it. Uh, I, I you. It's crazy because I grew up wanting to be a fucking rock star, you know, playing in bands and like wa wanting all that attention. And like past my 30s, I was like, no, I'm more of a like behind the camera guy. Like uh, mm. I'd rather be like like working on an image for somebody. Like like and 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 crafting that than actually be that that person that's in the spotlight. What type of music were you listening to back then? And then is there anything different that you're really into now? And then we'll just circle back to what music you would pair with your beer. Okay. Well, music for a long time, it was like bass music. Like, like I was like very involved in the Montreal scene emceeing into like like parties and raves and stuff like that so like of course drum and bass the whole dubstep era like like this kind of music like breaks uk garage two steps you know all, all that electronic music is really like part of my background and, and what i like and as much as i think drum and bass is so out you know so out you know i did the h thing so out you know yeah, you see, see my oh, your 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 French Canadian showing. <laughs> Even now, I listen to old drum and bass, and I can still like it's so like familiar to me. Like it, it it's like this. But hip hop was a was a big uh, influence, especially in the '90s when uh, I was in school and stuff like that. But also, uh, strangely, uh, metal and punk. <laughs> you know, like always been like like to me like a band that always fascinated me was the beastie boys you know Hell like yeah. it kind of like bridged this gap you know between hip-hop and um uh and rock let's say like in the 90s and i remember being in parties when i was like 16 17 and the only parties where the hip-hop crew was with the punk crew was when beastie boys were playing or like bands like cypher seal like like or or bands that were like kind of bending you know the, the that universe um so like always like this hard kind of rock thing i don't like soft rock it needs to fucking blow it <laughs> fucking like you know and and for for the rest it needs to groove so it needs to like bounce groove like that's why i love drum and bass hip-hop because it's just like based on grooves grooves all the time so so this is two aspects and growing up i think the more more and more i hate music with lyrics <laughs> i feel you on that because i can't work or can't think when there's music with lyrics because i just get into lyrics you know like if i like play some old school hip-hop i'm not working i'm just like singing the fucking song and i'm not i'm not concentrating but i can put some 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 deep house or like like something repetitive something like no lyrics like it could be classical music could be like anything but if there's no lyrics i can really like dig deep into into the work or into the strategy you're building or like really like get in the thought process instead of just being outside of me actually like listening to uh to the music i love the bands the groups that are doing like the genre bending and fusing 
all sorts of weird shit that doesn't seem like it would make sense. I think the Beastie Boys really kind of got me into that style of thinking. And that's like even mainly where I think my design style comes from is that methodology of just like fusing weird stuff, whether it's. Well, well that's very like New York, you know, yeah. like, uh, like state of mind, you know, like, like me, like to me, like there's two city that I, I've experienced this probably more, but but two cities that really find like unique is New York and Amsterdam. Mm. Like they're unique for the same reason, I think, is that half of the people are not from there. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like every time I was in Amsterdam, like I, I rarely met some actual Dutch, like more of the people I met were like people from New York, from New Zealand, from like another place, but they all like gather around in this crazy creative city. And same thing with New York, you know, like you have people like chasing their dreams, you know, coming from everywhere in the world. And I worked like six months in New York back in 2004 or five, you know, like, and stayed there. And to me, like it was for a Montreal guy or was used to like that chill, like, like French Canadian, like, like vibe, you know, oh, working six months in New York was brutal. <laughs> I, I called in sick one day. Like, like, I, I, sorry, I didn't call sick one day and got there late by like, I think 11.30 and somebody had my spot. I was out. <laughs> my gosh. Jeez. So uh, I was pretty young. I was in my early 20s. So I just came back to Montreal. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think New York is a special place. If you're very, very ambitious, you know, like there's not a lot of place like this in the world where you can actually like, like go all in. But it's so competitive to me. Like it was like a bit too much. It's the hustle. It's the grind. But I think we got to jump back a little bit to how you first got into design. We talked a little bit about where your your nickname came from, and you talked about uh, doing print design and doing some brand work and and loving Swiss design. But did you go to traditional design school? Yeah, but I never finished. <laughs> 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 so why didn't you finish and what what, what was that story? well i i had a, like i had a strange journey at, at first like i told you like when i was a teenager i was like all about music art of course i was drawing a lot you know but it was mainly music and i always like was in bands and stuff like that and always had this like idea of like becoming like a musician and stuff like that and I also had the artistic, like visual part to this. You know, when I had bands, I was always doing the covers. I was doing uh, all, all the stuff you know, graphically. But at one point, I realized, you know, like this music industry is like kind of crazy to make money uh, out of it. So of course, like design was like my my other way where I could express myself and and actually like do something with it. So design school for me was kind of hectic. Started with uh, art plastic, which is like more like art school, you know, mm -hmm. like drawing, uh, sculptures, like like uh, art history and stuff like that. So got really interested into art uh, history, especially the Bauhaus, like the modernist and stuff like that. And that draw me a bit more in uh, graphism that we call it in French, which is more traditional graphic arts, you know. At, you know, I'm speaking like 1997, you know, like, so it's like, forget the computers. It's like, everything is like drawing boards and, the, you know, like, 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 like everything mm -hmm. like, like there. So, and I sucked at it. 
I was not like that manual. I was like struggling, like like doing my letters, my S and my S's, you like like everything. So got mad, switched program again, went to infographie en pré-impression, like pre-print design. Mm. So basically, like like not even design, it was, was more more about like learning to use like big machines and and you know like like uh, separate colors and, and and you know like really pre-print uh, stuff and did a year there got sick and started working started working in an awning company this is a crazy story so so this is like the most lazy job i ever had in my life so picture this i'm like 20 maybe 19 or 20 and you know how you are at 1920 like like if you can't if you can't do any effort and get some money you like you'll do it you know you don't think about yeah. necessarily about growth and how i'm gonna grow as a being and like like what what challenges me and and a lot of so i just started working in this awning company which i knew later was like led by some bikers but didn't know that at the time <laughs> so <laughs> i had this little office in the corner and you know, like all I had to do is like those salesmen would go to like a commerce or like a house and they would take picture of the house. And I had a software that would put 3D awnings and I would go in Photoshop and like kind of slap a logo like on, on the awning and kind of prepare like a, a, a file for the salesman to to go after, you know, and, and kind of get a prize, get a submission and, you know, like get the sale. To me, like I automated everything in, in design you know like uh, it was like just like like i did the work like the first week you know had the, all the files the treaty software was super easy to use but these guys were like didn't know anything about like anything you know, i was fixing printer by like turning on and off that it was working and i, I was i would get i was getting praise you know and <laughs> so you're a hero <laughs> so all day everything i would do i would download mp3 from napster while playing Quake 3. <laughs> Hell yeah. What a life. Like, like people think I'm working. I'm a fucking like like lasering people in Quake 3. Like I'm so good because I'm fucking playing all day. <laughs> and at the end of the day, I would do like the the, the job I had to do, like it would take me an hour and a half and like I would put everything on everybody's desk. And everybody was like, oh my God, so good. It's, uh, it's crazy. And and I was like jumping sales, like like the company was doing so good, and 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 that, that. so, of course, at, at one point I got like, oh my god, this is so boring. <laughs> I'm not learning every anything, you know. I'm, I'm kind of stuck in this place. So I went back to school, went back to university, went back to like uh, actual design school, way more serious school, uh, cam in in Quebec in Montreal, and started uh, the program there, but got a job at one point with a uh, prom teacher <laughs> not gonna say his name but uh <laughs> don't want to get him in trouble but f finally started working uh elsewhere and really started my my career and i found out that it's actually way more fast to learn when you're actually doing the thing in a company than at design school because mm -hmm. theory is great you know like i love learning about history of heart and uh put an h there mm -hmm. i like that art art yeah at least i noticed them though oh we're gonna have to do like an an h count or something on like the, the video yeah. podcast <laughs> that'll be so funny um 
I'm trying to make more so we can really <laughs> get that count up. <laughs> so yeah, so after the design school, it was all about like like doing work. But I'm I was I'm still in my twenties. I'm still dumb as fuck. I'm still doing a lot of drugs. I'm still like partying like crazy. So like like nothing really advanced, you know. Like and for people out there that are like, oh, I'm 26. I'm not there yet. Like ah. It really started for me at 29. Like, like before that it was just like fucking around, you know, like and finding <laughs> out. Uh, but, but yeah, like, like fucking chaotic, like, like, like journey, where I, I, I kind of grasp a couple concepts in school, and and you know, kind of dropped out and start working, um, and I freelanced a lot, like from 2005 to 2010-ish. Was all about freelance. Was all about like working with a, a lot of a uh, musical artists. So like my love for music, my love for like when I was a teenager, kind of translated behind the camera, like working like album covers, like like uh, like clips and stuff like that. And you know, I had the chance to work with Marie May, which is like a French Canadian kind of like pop star. You know, it's a it's our own little uh, I don't know what's a what's an American pop star. Taylor Swift. It's our own like like little Taylor Swift or something. Like maybe more Lady Gaga-ish, but like mm. I don't know, kind of and I worked an album with her. Uh, a couple more low-key kind of bands and artists, but but always like great stuff, working with like super cool photographers doing concept, but <laughs> no money, no money, <laughs> no money in music. You have to do it with love. You have to do it like, oh my god, we're gonna do this great thing. But I mean, I was like getting like two grand, three grand for like two months worth of work. Mm -hmm. And you know, like it's not sustainable if you like <laughs> want to build a career, you know, it's great if you want to like explore and work with artists, but uh, at least in, in, in Quebec, I'm sure there's a lot of artists out there who do like like album covers that, that get paid the real value of their work. But at, at that time in Montreal doing my thing, you know, it was like, it was like more for the fun of it. It was more for mm -hmm. like getting like crazy album comes covers out and uh, and stuff like that like really for the love of like doing it for friends mostly yeah. you know like like art uh, friends uh, artist friends uh, but also some nice paid jobs and i got into digital design for the first time ish with a company called motion Des in design it doesn't exist anymore it was like two three guys and an office uh, in, uh, somewhere in Montreal. Uh, and I started like, just like doing like flash, like like not actually doing the flash design, but like doing like like layouts, you know, that this other guy would like integrate in flash. And, and uh, you know, we did, we did a website for a famous band in, uh, in Quebec called Les Trois Accords, which is kind of like this funny, like sarcastic punkish pop band. And we did, it was a crazy idea. Like the, the, the website, like it was called Le Site Internet, like, like, like the website, the site. And basically it was just like a, a screen of a 3D render of a campsite that would change depending on your location and, uh, and weather. So <laughs> in Quebec at noon, and it was sunny and snowy or like like snowy like and you would get the exact weather on the site so it was like super dumb but at the, at the time it was like a tool de force of like like tech you know like creating that 3d scene and and you know connecting to the geolocation it was like so edgy and, and you know like the concept was great 
and and we won uh, a prize for that at that like the musical like uh, Ladzisk uh, for like website of the year for that and it was my first love of doing like uh, first actually try of like making a digital experience and 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 something creative like that so I continue working with these guys actually like went and got a job with them until 2012 and we did like a bunch of things for musical artists for like breweries for like like small companies in, in, in montreal and quebec and got to learn a lot about you know like like digital design and doing grids and photoshop at that time and you know like pushing pixels and stuff like that but uh but it got me like to meet a guy uh I think it's 2007, 2018. Like the first iPhone is is coming out, and you know they they they, they announce you know oh, it's going to be apps, and, and nobody but the f knows what the fuck an app is. Like like the some savvy people are like, oh yeah, we have apps on BlackBerry and shit. But uh, <laughs> you know, but like the good old days. Like me, I'm like, what? What's an app? You know, like what what is this? So. So this guy like gave me the opportunity to like actually design this app and kind of gave me a choice between like, hey, you want to be part of the company or you, you want to get some like like money for it and you know add some student debt. So it was a no-brainer for me. I took the money. But at the end, uh, we did a taxi app, the first ever taxi app. It was called Rocket Taxi. And it was basically just a rating system for taxi and geolocation for like if you land in China, you just open your app and you see all the taxi lines rated, you know, with user ratings and comments and stuff like that. It was like super basic, uh, at the, at the, but at the time it was like, oh my god, it's it's like, and you know, like Apple took the icon the logo I created and it was like everywhere, like all the Apple ad had my logo, and I got got paid like like very like small amount, like about like like. Like peanuts <laughs> you know to do that. But for me it was great you know i got to to get some money but this guy made like fucking millions like <laughs> selling this this app so it was like a great uh moment in my life where you you know like sometimes like it it's worth taking risk uh, and this like stayed in, in my mind and i think helped me in, in my future self like like taking more risks and uh you know believing in the projects you build also it helps not having student debts so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> not having the overwhelming like debt in your back pocket and that fear yeah. definitely reassuring to have so so yeah so after motion and design uh they were like moving towards like a company building like wordpress themes mm. for a musician because we we're doing a lot of like music stuff which was a great business model, honestly. I think I think the guy Max did did like a, a great a great business after that with the, with this. But to me, like I wasn't crafting like very unique experiences. I want I wanted to work like design for real people, not just like some generic like uh, like sense and building components for like a, like a WordPress system. I kind of want to tackle real real issues or real problems and, and really design around that. So I started like uh, freelancing again, but then my girlfriend at the time got pregnant. So, so like, if anybody's out there, like, like, you know that feeling when you're freelancing and you know you're gonna have a kid. It's kind of like, oh shit, <laughs> I need to find a job. 
need to find like a place where I can get stability, I can get regular income, so I don't have to worry. Like, I'm, of course, a lot of people could like try for that and like, no, you know, I'll build a bigger business and like, good for you. Like, that's great. Me, I was like, oh shit, I need, I need a job. So, uh, my girlfriend at the time, which is an amazing designer, also, she was working at Acufan. I don't know if you know mm. Acufan from Montreal. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah. I'm Montreal. Like these guys were the shit. Louis Paquet worked there. I think like like the, they're like so, somewhere between like uh, 2012 and 2015. I mean the 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 start the lineup they had in the agency. Oh my god! Like so much talent, so much talent. Uh, I, I think most of the great work I saw first from Louis Paquet was at Acfin, mm -hmm. and. As an outside guy in this little shitty agency, I was like, "Oh my god, this is what I want to do. <laughs> this is I like this. Oh my god!" <laughs> and and Acupen was like, oh, "So so international at that time, and they were having like all these restaurants and all these like great projects, like fashion projects around the world, like great brands." And I was like, "Oh, I need this, and I'm not having this right now." So like. Uh, Uh, Caroline, my girlfriend at the time, like she was like, "Hey, I know uh, Jean-François GF, like which is like basically mm. my best friend now." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Oh, he has this agency, Locomotive. You know, like uh, you should you should ask them. You know, if they, if, if there's a fit, you know, if uh, if you think you can you can work because I I hated big agency. Like like I had a couple big agency jobs and and I never never like you know those like." 150 80 people like kind of like group i love the small craft studio i love like being like like a tiny team to me tiny is like maybe like five to 30 like like you know yeah. this this kind of like manageable size and i met with fred which was the what well, he still is kind of like the head of design of locomotive like he's the president Uh, but at that time, he was doing a lot more like craft and yeah, and design, you know, like that uh, compared to today. And you know, there was a they they were a small team. I think like around 10 people, maybe 11. What year was this? Uh, this was 2013. And when did Locomotive start? Uh, 2008. Okay. So I, I think the first name of the agency was Capone. Like from 2008 to maybe 2010 and then they rebranded with Acufen. Mm. actually Caroline, my ex like the mother of my child did the original logo like like uh, is it is it there like we, yeah like, like that oh logo. yeah yeah perfect <laughs> <laughs> so this is the locomotive og logo and she she's the one who uh, we did the old branding and it was actually around that time you know a bit after that rebranding that i connected with fred kind of showed him my portfolio my vision you know like if you remember 2012 2013 is like the early steps of responsive design mm -hmm. so like we're moving from those m dot youtube like website to like actual website that are responsive and you know like the tech is not there <laughs> you know you have you hack your way through it to do yeah. like to do like like great responsive design like today it's easy you know like like you, you can even do it in figma we're mm -hmm. doing this shit in photoshop You know, like and do all the states and Photoshop, like just building your grid. I would like spend an hour and a half just building my yeah. grid, testing something, moving my guys around. And it was just stupid. Today you just go and figure, just like bam, 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 boom, finish. You know, like uh, it's crazy that, that we have that speed, that velocity today. But 
But at that time, it was like way different. You know, you have to, have to spend way more time in the software and look. And fucking Photoshop was slow. You had too many layers. It was slow. You're trying to bring in icons, you know, working with smart objects. It was just like a fucking mess. You know, like we were trying to hack uh, image software into like a layout software. And it was not working, you know, like and then you got Sketch coming in and, you know, like changing the game and then eventually Figma. But, you know, like every oldies here remembers <laughs> oh i i put in many many hours doing bullshit in in photoshop i remember my first experience with figma you know it was confusing like the ui was like way different and it was like oh my god and you know you're kind of afraid but it's, i was like how how does things move fast so fast in the software <laughs> like like how does everything moves so fast and it, I, I can open like eight files and it, it's not lagging what what the hell's happening and you know like like the rest is fucking history yeah <laughs> you know yeah you, it, only, it only takes like one going into figma to realize like oh yeah this is the superior tool oh uh, yeah and, and it's even a struggle for me like uh being like like a senior you know doing more strategic stuff you know more like high level stuff you know and you want to keep you want to connect you want to still like connect with the craft and and, and you know the software moves so fast you know uh, Bastien, uh, Alard, uh, uh, the agency like one of the most amazing our director we ever had uh, at the agency the, the guy is fucking like a beast yeah he's insane i know he's a beast he, he works fast he works well he's creative he's open-minded uh, you know he's, he's just a great 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 uh collaborators to be working with you know like he he's, he's so talented and he's teaching the whole agency how to actually work the software correctly you know like he's very very inclined into like making sure everyone is is on page with the new features you know and and try to help the devs you know get because you know when you do things proper in figma it actually helps the rest of the of the mm -hmm chain you know like really getting what you're trying to do and sometimes as a designer it's like ah you know do i really need to do like like this this object there like like come on all oh, the style sheet yeah i forgot the style sheet oh yeah and, and you know like we can be lazy easily mm -hmm. and i i think like like building things with those developers in mind i think helps us collaborate better and then build those files better and uh and you know it's uh, you can see the struggle even like like magnified when you're actually working with an external dev team you know when you're in with your theme it's e uh, your team it's easy you know you know you can you can go on a, somebody's desk and you know have the discussion you know uh you know here i meant that and you know i want this you know but when you you, you throw work out there it needs to be documented it needs to be well done it needs to be well constructed layers named <laughs> no <laughs> evil how dare you dust <laughs> but but you know when you realize that and when you do the work proper it just speeds everything up everything up you know so uh you know like that's what i like a lot about locomotive i really believe there's no ego in the agency of course it's a bit of ego everybody has like you know like i want to do great and you know when i'm challenged i'll, I'll rebuttal and and you know like like a, a good amount of ego but there's nobody you know who wants you know like to just enforce their thinking or like push something you know everybody's very collaborative uh, we talk a lot about things and we listen to point of view from operations or a point of view from uh 
project managers or from developers front end back end and and even designers and we try to like align all the time you know the we have a vision uh, meeting that we have from time to time where we invite like key people from every sphere, you know, in the agency. And we just address things, you know, like, hey, we've been doing this for like a while. Is it the right way? Do you see a better way? Like, like, is it great? Okay, this is great. Okay, no, we need to change this. We'll address this. And I think it's super important when you're running an agency. It's It's like... There's this quote, I don't remember if it's like Burton Kramer, but I think it's like one of the, like, the, the designers of that time. They're like, I think the quote goes something like, uh, you know, great design is not made in committee. It's made by great designers. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of like lived through that, you know, like being like, hey, you know, like it's true, you know, it's not by like mixing too much opinions that uh, or, or points of view that that we get a great thing you know it's about like somebody that has a vision and you know we can achieve it and the more i work in digital design the more i find it's actually not true <laughs> it's it's great for like modernists that does like an identity program that they can tackle this three designers and, and and do everything but when you're thinking of a bigger project you know and what we do with communication with design with marketing today you know one brain can't master everything you know you, you and it's good to master a lot of things but you just can't grasp everything you need collaboration you need to be able to trust somebody else making their best and then kind of relieving you of, of like this he heavy burden of like trying to do everything you know and and to me that's the real struggle of working in this modern era. It's actually being able to be open-minded, to be listening to other people's opinion, but still challenge your own perceptions and and and, and you push, you know, your 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 point of view. And and you know it's 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 a challenge every day. But if you don't do it, if you don't get those people together talking about this, challenging those ideas, you just get locked in this loop and you can't really grasp you know the whole projects, the whole endeavor that is like what you're trying to do and it's at the size of the agency but it's also at the size of you and the client and you and the client and the audience you know like how you create that synergy between that you know like oh, fuck, i hate this word but uh <laughs> that connection let's say <laughs> between this you know like one example is like working with lightship uh, rv from from uh, california was amazing you know like we really got with them on a level where there was this trust, you know, in the relationship. They knew they had this part to play, creating the content, providing us, you know, with with great guidelines for what they wanted. We had manual working on the brand, you know, giving us other guidelines. But the the the, the connection between the three parties, working actually as one big team together with all the same focuses, all the same object objectives, you, you know. To me today, as like a 44-year-old, that's what I drive on. I'm like, oh my God, this this presentation or this workshop was amazing. You know, like I could have done this myself, you know. I could have probably grasped one thing or two, but now I have a clear vision where I need to go because I got all this input for everybody. And everybody was open to really discuss it and, and challenge things, you know. And when something doesn't make sense, you're not shy to, to voice it. And when something makes sense, you're actually like thriving on the other person, like like getting that idea. You know, when I when I'm like we're working with the team, you know, like like, and you get that 
great idea that comes, you know, whatever it comes, you know, from the, the junior, like copywriter, whatever, or like the, the senior, this, or the, like, it doesn't care. It's like, what's the idea? Is it good? Oh my God, let's embrace that idea. And when you open like that and you're really, really like not putting that ego aside and really like focusing on, on getting the greatest, greatest idea, the idea is feasible too, you know, because there's a lot of ideas that's just like, oh, it's a great idea, but I mean, we need to put this out in four months. Uh, <laughs> there's so, deadlines. Is, there's deadlines and money. So, uh, you know, we have to work it around. But I feel, you know, when I that's why I'm still there after 10 years. I feel I'm surrounded with people that are open, mm. that are really about trying to find the best idea that we can do, that we can pull out. And, you know, when you're starting a project and you're not, just designers and you have like one front end one back end one guy from production and, and, and you know project managing and, and you know like sometimes a, an idea emerge and you know project manager will say like oh you guys are crazy we can't do this in that time you know like 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 i remember this from the client you know he doesn't like that you know like it will give you that that input or a developer that's just like you're a crazy designer like we can't use webgl on a on a fucking like on this stack and, and you, you know we can't use smooth scroll here uh you know like this idea doesn't work you know we won't have parallax there you know like and and have that having that input early in the project is really enlightening because you don't waste time on stupid ideas you actually like tune it right away and move forward as a group and and to me like i wouldn't work any other way like 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 learning this learning to work with these people like I feel sometimes like I'm the dumbest people person in, in, in the room. <laughs> you know, like uh, th th these people are amazing. Like like uh, and and even new blood. You know, new people that comes in. Mm -hmm. New, you know, I'm always like amazed by how people are creative and when when really working with this openness, like in, in the debates and stuff like that, it's great to challenge, but it's great to acknowledge too. It's great to be like, oh my god, this is great. Just such a great idea. It's missing this, you know. We'll 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 figure it out. But but you know, like this is a great track, you know. And and having that energy, that openness. I mean, this is this is great. That that that's what gives us like velocity in what we do. Like always amazed that this fucking team gets around twenty five projects every year out. Even to me, sometimes like like it's my god. Sometimes I would put more effort on the polishing. But, you know, at one point, you need to lose the grasp. You know, you need to be like, ah, yeah, you know, we did what we could. Just a great job. Let's put it out. It's done. Let's go. Collaboration is so key. And the culmination of people coming together, I think, breeds amazing and fresh and new ideas. And we so need that because otherwise we'll just stay stagnant. We need people challenging our assumptions and really pushing us, even if we're, regardless of age, gender, race none of that matters if the idea is good that's the only thing that matters and i think creative people understand that i mean you're gonna have those crazy geniuses mm -hmm. you know, that can do like many 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 styles many stuff many different things like working like on the 10 years i've worked uh with locomotive like two of them uh, well two and a half was we pack it you know that you had on your on your thing and I think it's probably one of the person I've learned the most from, you know, he's, he's amazingly inspiring, you know, like the way he tackles project, the way he thinks about a concept even before like 
analyzing any like like uh, uh, well it, it's it's just great to to see you know a lot of the project like bruising grooves you know that that the we did like it was leading that on on the design front you know like uh, it was great talent and Julien that I'm working with now that used to work with us also like a great mind and to me like I, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without those influences without those people that you learn that you collaborate with that you challenge your ideas with and and to me it's it's, it's the key you know I'm not that guy I'm not that lone mm -hmm. designer I can that can do everything by myself you know I'm a guy that thrives with collaboration that thrives with other people's mind and and sometimes I love to be like like challenge and be like hey this is this could be this so this could like like move up to that and you know I don't have this motion interaction mindset I'm like this guy from print and Swiss grids and to me like working with developers and motion designers really helped me like enhance those ideas I'm like to me it's pretty static in my head and then it moves into like motion after you know like mm -hmm. compare like sorry I'm referring to Louis again but I just like listened to the podcast so like it's fresh in my head but Louis has this amazing way to like think motion first and then everything translate you know the, to that i don't have this capacity like i see layout first i see like functionalities first i see strategy first and then design and motion comes after you know like i have a different mind it's, it's okay you know like but you know like like working with catherine which is our motion designer is always like she's she's this amazing like young crazy designers she's hungry she always <laughs> want to do some crazy stuff you know the the challenge with her is actually to bring her down you know like like <laughs> it's like oh my god you're in the you're in the fucking stratosphere you're like fucking flying there you're like oh like like let me pull you back to the project okay but she she brings me so much energy you know she brings me this this new point of view on on, on design and and you know we love the same music so the, the, like it's great connections you know i love challenging ideas with with her you know or other people in the agency like i i, I would hate to be like alone <laughs> doing <laughs> everything <laughs> like i know like with no code and and you know like all these new technology ai and everything like we could we can end up in our basement and do everything alone but i don't want that i don't mm -hmm. want that i want to be collaborating i want my ego to be challenged i want my 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 ideas to be rebuttaled I like, like I love this. I'm, I have a debater personality. I love talk. Like I love substituting. Uh, like in French, I recall. I don't know if there's an English word for that, but just like fucking arguing, arguing. Yeah, <laughs> I love arguing all the time. You know, I can argue just for fun for for eight hours. Like even like holding a position that I don't really have, just for the sake of the mental sparing. You know, like like I just love the shit. So like uh, when it's design sparing, it's even better, you know. Like like oh, it can be that style, it can be that. Style. I don't like that. Style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this challenge because at the end, the best idea win. If you can put the ego aside, you know. Yeah. Like, and and I think that's where the great work uh, comes out. Like to refer to that quote, like comedy is bad, but teamwork, collaboration without the ego, that's mm -hmm. fucking good. Yeah. That's fucking good. Oh yeah, I'm curious. Over the 10 years that you've been at Locomotive, how has your job shifted? And in what ways 
have you evolved to become the leader that you are today? Oh my God, that's a deep question. Um, if we circle back in 2013, like I was saying before, you know, the mother of my kid, my ex-girlfriend that was friend with Jean-Francois, kind of plugged me in with the with locomotive. So I got a first interview with with Fred. You know, I remember in the basement of the old agency. It was like in this more like chaotic environment, but like like you know like they were kind of thriving already. You know, they they were onto something. You know, they had great developers, and that's what interests me. What I was missing, you know, from this other place. So I go there. I pitch my thing. You know, show my portfolio. Like show my vision. Like the speech at the time, I remember it was like, hey responsive designs coming and it's somebody that thinks holistically about you know design you know like small space bigger space i'm specializing in this i have a vision with this you know i know where we can build how we can build great tools i need great developers you know that was my speech i was like i i, I love what you guys are already doing and i think i can take that further you know and i like a first job you know like and and they had no process like a Sorry, Fred. Uh, <laughs> they had, they had like it was just like straight up to design, and the designer was like doing everything, and it was just going to development after, and they were dealing with the problems after, like no strategic strategic aspect, you know, to analyze like and bring some kind of process, you know, in, into the thing. So, to me, I saw that opportunity. I was like, hey, I just come from this place where I establish a nice process. I can make this better. You have talent. I can bring like the ideas I have and make something out of it. And Fred was enthusiastic about like my profile. He was like, oh, I think you bring great energy. I think it can connect. And and maybe Jeff was a bit slower to get in, in into it, like like the very responsible man he is in business. You know, he never takes like fast decisions. He always like really think about what he's doing uh so we we started some freelance work was doing great uh and i started as a art director so really like uh building new ways of designing new process with the developers especially front end and kind of build a new well not new i wasn't inventing anything but uh, i was like getting this new knowledge that i've learned and kind of applied it and with this amazing team of developers i remember they had two or three great front end content of the day which is like an amazing uh developers now he was like he does like creative code mm. and uh, and all this uh he left locomotive a couple of years ago went back to europe he's like doing great he was at the awards conference giving a talk like a couple of uh years ago there was an Antoine who left for some crypto like company or something but it, it was amazing like he's like one of the greatest talent we had just great 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 young developers you know and I, I just saw this opportunity to build a process around that and we like push the envelopes and i remember like in the early years having a discussion with jacques smoking a joint behind <laughs> behind the office and and just being like uh you know where what we can do and you know to to get more traction and get bigger clients and get stuff like that and i was like you know there's this website like awards you know that 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 i know you guys already won side of the day with your website you know like that i didn't do like it was like their website like the, before i got there and i was like you know maybe if we put the effort we put the crying and, and we kind of push the limit a bit 
you know, we can get attention there and, and get the ball rolling and get some side of the days and get some stuff like that. So we really started to have that mindset, you know, early on of like trying to impress the gallery, you know, like try to like do some stuff, push, push the boundary further with clients, even if we didn't have the money, you know, to, to make more that people expected and kind of push the envelope, push the envelope, push the envelope while building a more solid process, you know, bringing some strategy aspect to to the game, bringing some uh, uh, involvement from the front end in the creation process and, 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 and stuff like that. And then, you know, we just started like doing more side of the days, and, you know, it just kind of like uh, snowball there, you know, and, and kind of got bigger. And at one point we won uh, agency of the year, uh, I think in 2018. And it's funny because you can ask all the people at the agency, like every time we won, I always said, there's no chance we're winning again. <laughs> every time I was like this, like, like, forget it. You know, like, like I can name like three other agencies, like, like we're not getting it this year. Forget about that. You know, we won one time it's over. And then the second comes and then the third comes and then the fourth comes. And at this point, I'm like, this is, this is ludicrous. <laughs> and the fifth comes. And then you can see it like, like, yeah. and you know, in that process, I kind of moved up a bit in the company, moving from art director to creative director. And in 2018, you, you know, when we won that first award, we got a lot of traction and Louis Paquet was, was with uh, Phoenix studio, uh, on his side. And we kind of like merged forces with Devin. Jeremy, like some main assets that, that we have now in front end development and uh, some project managers. And we kind of like, that's really when the this, this store, like the, the whole thing picked up really, you know, you have that first award, you have that great team coming together, doing more and more and more amazing projects. And then one thing leads to the other and yeah, and we kept winning. It was like, it was great. I mean, it was like great attention, you know, like, like the business were really starting to pick up and, and, and you know, like budgets that we had for projects started to be bigger and, and you can do more things, but you know, it's the old adage, you know, like more money, more problems. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like, like it, it's always like struggling with, with building uh, a strong culture. Cause I think those three guys, you know, that, that started that agency, Fred, the president, uh gf the kind of the operation guy and matt's here that you don't really hear about him but yeah he's he was at awards with jeremy doing a talk like not long ago uh but he's like the the brain behind everything technical uh, at locomotive like very 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 savvy guy and doesn't talk much but when he talks you fucking listen <laughs> <laughs> i love those people yeah 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 and he's kind of the one you know like when we're struggling on a decision he's kind of like the last hammer like 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 coming in and, and 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 you know making the decision so this is something i always liked about locomotive this this kind of energy between like three people that does like very very different things and when you look at businesses like usually it's like oh it's one crazy designers and you build this thing oh it's like one crazy developers that it, it it's actually kind of rare that you find like this great like balance between like roles. We have a name for it. We call it the Triforce. <laughs> I love that. So it's How could you that? Uh, the four, the three, uh, the three points that the, the three, uh, like the head of uh, head of the agency. And I see myself like as 
the spark. You know, I, I came in there and like kind of like lit up things, and and then the ball start, started rolling. So to come back to your question, <laughs> this like huge uh, <laughs> sideway. I, I think it evolved. Like the first two or three years, it was our director really like crafting, crafting, crafting designs. And then, you know, like I kind of moved up into a more of a leadership role. But still, you know, like we're a small agency. So I, I get to craft a lot of things uh, less and less, I would say, like uh, as the agency evolves. But I always love to like get my hands dirty in design and, and try things and, and, you know, like, you know, try new stuff and, and, and really craft websites and, and stuff like that. But I fell in love with the strategy aspect a couple of years ago of like, because it was missing at Locomotive. Mm. You know, we were jumping in, des in design too early. It was creating great stuff, but sometimes, you know, like UX-wise, strategy-wise, was not making as much sense. So I remember at one point, I think like from 2016 to 2018, I was for a short time uh, the sole designer slash UX slash strategist at the agency. <laughs> so it was like, I, I, I wouldn't come back there, but uh, but it was, it was, a, it was, it was a, I don't think it's two years. I think it's like eight months or something when I was like struggling a lot. And then MC Marie-Christine came in like a senior designer that we have now, amazing person. And she came in and now we started building a design team back and like Louis Paquet came in and, and more designers came in and we really created like 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 some some energy there. Uh, but yeah, like right now we're two creative director, that's Julien, who takes uh, we have kind of similar roles, but it takes a bit more of the design aspect. Uh, and I take a bit more of the strategy, UX kind of like workshops with clients uh you know communicating with clients articulating their ideas to the team kind of place so i do a bit less you know crafting still mm. do some crafting from here, a project here and there but i think my role now is more about like making sure creativity thrives make sure making sure you know like we're not we're not like working in silos that that we're getting together, that we get the best ideas out, that we articulate it well, that that presentation we do are well-crafted or are designed to make us move forward on, on, on the next steps of, uh, of, of the phase of the project. So more of a managing role. Mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't say that I'm in love with managing. Uh, you know, uh, I always say like, I'm not a creative director. I'm a designer that acts as a creative di director, you know, like, like, I don't know if it makes sense for you. But. No, it makes perfect sense. And eventually, in, in in the career shift, I feel like that kind of happens unless you're able to kind of continue doing the the full kind of grunt work to final completion, getting your hands in the design, pushing pixels, and also leading strategy. That's kind of a rare thing. Well, I'm I'm. I think a lot, <laughs> like, like, well, but not necessarily in a good way. You know, I'm a, I'm a lot of an overthinker too. Like I overanalyze stuff sometimes, and and the big challenge in my life is like kind of edit that part. You know, mm. is like I can think of a lot of strategies, but which one's the best? 
you know which one is the one we need to take like sometimes that's my struggle you know like mm. a lot of ideas in the brainstorm but which one is actually the good one you know and sometimes you have to trust other people for that sometimes you have to trust your instinct everybody's wrong and you know you're right <laughs> yeah yeah like, you have to fight for it and and it's part of the 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 sparing you know the mental sparing that is designed because to me it's more about that you know like if i wanted to be an artist like i used to i wouldn't care about that i would do me 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 i'm not an artist i'm a designer i'm solving problems i'm solving other people's problems mm -hmm. and i want to be there i want to be emphatic for them you know i want to really put myself in their shoes and use my brain and my abilities to solve their problems and you know like like everyone like sometimes we fail at this you know like with the best intentions we're, we're like oh my strategy was so good and blah, 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 and then you know everything fails you know it, it didn't pick up and it wasn't working and it happens but you learn from it you move to the next one and, and then you like like i know it's super cheesy to quote gary v but you know like in, in the pandemic of Obviously, like everybody, I was look, looking through a lot, like Instagram and TikToks and shit like that, you know, like, and there was this like video with Gary Vee that, that really like kind of shifted my, my, my perspective on this. He was like, I'd rather have like 325 wins and 200 losses than three wins, zero losses. <laughs> and, and it's kind of like stupid to say, but to me, it was like, oh my God. It's true. It's better to have 300 wins, even if you lost 200 times than just three wins. It means you tried, you've learned, you moved, you know, you 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 did stuff, and and this kind of unlocked uh, in me like the the like, hey, let's not be afraid to fail, and 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 you know, like like because you know, like designers, you know, like imposter syndrome, you know, you you don't feel you belong, <laughs> fraud, you know, like like why the hell people following me? Like oh, you know, like, classic. Thought of this in the shower, you know. Mm -hmm. It's 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 that feeling of like like a lot of time I look at what I do and I'm like this is ridiculous, you know. Like I have no meaning. Like the like, <laughs> I. I I don't do anything in, in life, you know, like I'm not building roads, I'm not building, like I'm just like creating this, this visual for this client to sell more. And, and sometimes as designers, it's hard to find meaning in what you do, you know, like, especially if you work for shitty companies, like in big, like tech or something like that, and you're like, oh my God, I'm like making the world worst. <laughs> the, the dumpster and landfill or yeah but at the same time you know we have to do what we have to do you know like we're a lot of people and you know like we've created that that economy and that attention co economy and it's my job to bring attention to certain brands and subjects you know like and you know at one point you embrace what you do but you always have those moments where you're like fuck i'm useless <laughs> you know like a, it's absurd what i do like and then stuff like that but it, it's part I, I don't think you could be a good designer if you don't doubt yourself every now and then i think it's healthy. It, i mean you don't want to be the narcissistic designer that's just like everything i'd make is fucking gold yeah. everything i touch and critic perfect. everybody else yeah your shit your shit your shit your shit yeah exactly <laughs> like me 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 you don't want that guy in your team well they won't even really probably think of themselves as part of the team just a superstar but they can uh, go do their own thing i'm more about the collaborative craft and 
coming together of different ideas to make something. I know you hate this word, synergistic. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's the right descriptive, but I, yeah. just, I just hate buzzword. Like all, all holistic and like, like words like that. It's just like too much of a big umbrella. You know, it's, it's like, it's like, it's the thing I try to do now building strategies. It's trying to get away from the, that lingo, you know, and try yeah. to be more precise on what you're going to do. Like, oh, I'm going to enhance the user experience. Like what the fuck are you going to do? You know, like, tell me exactly what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> make some bigger buttons. Yeah, make enough, them, make them red. With the buzzwords, you know, like, let's talk directly. Like what do you want to do with this project? What are you trying to achieve? Like fuck those objectives, you know, like they're broadly like blurry <laughs> kind of like a, ideas I, i'd rather be in like in hard cold gritty reality and 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 design for that than, than being like huge concepts of philosophical kind of concepts and shit, and shit like that I, I love the down to earth like approach you know what you're trying to solve what can we do for you and and you know like i think what we do good at locomotive is like i think we have a signature i think we have like Oh, you can know like oh maybe this is from locomotive maybe it was more true before you know mm -hmm. when when we were less uh agencies to do that now you know like with technology with access to information it got democratized and and more and more and more agencies are able to do stuff that that we do using locomotive scroll using lenin using technology that's that's open source and, and available web flow to framer and to like all these tools and I think it's great, but it, it creates a landscape, you know, a bit like we saw with music. You know, like my, my uh, comparison with music is like doing music today is like opening a restaurant on a street where there's already 150 restaurants. And you're like, I'm going to do business in music. You know, like, like it, it's, it's like there's so much offer. And that's why that you don't pay shit for music today. Yeah. And, and musician needs to find creative way like sell gear sell sell like the like collaterals to actually make a living uh, out of this except from like the big stars that that, that does a shitload of money but i mean i'm talking regular musicians you know yeah. uh, like, like like around new york or montreal you know like they they have to often to work a second job you know to and and put out their music and and they do it for the passion you know like there's not this opportunity anymore to actually be a productive well-paid musician that's pretty rare you know <laughs> very rare especially like you know a hundred thousand spotify streams is like maybe less than a buck or some bullshit like that so it's like super excessive it's great for the for the like the the buyers like the mm -hmm. like music lovers but it's mm -hmm. not that great for like musicians no. <laughs> so i feel like like this is coming to design too and a lot of business with ai but but i mean like at one point, we'll have to rally back to that that idea of, that it's we need a lot of people to think together. You know, it's not about like I'm alone using technology, I alone using things. It's great for entrepreneurs, people that that do startups, but when you think like uh, agencies that have reputation like Locomotive or uh, of Rogue, you know, you want to build that expertise and build that collaboration and be able to do things faster, better. You know, and and and, and using all these tools. But in the end, you know, to me, it's it's about, you know, we need to create a society. We need to create people working together. Like if we just isolate everybody to, in their own quarters, it's just like fucking prison. I don't want to be like, like, you know, it's like, 
like working from home, you know, it's, I love what we have at Locomotive. It's like kind of a, this hybrid and I wouldn't mm. go back fully to the office and I wouldn't go back like fully at home. Like having like a, a job and I'm, I'm at home all the time, I would be sad as fuck. I would like fall into depression and, and it, it would be awful. But if I would come back every day at the job, I would kill myself fucking traffic. You know, like, it's, <laughs> it's like, I don't even believe, you know, as designers that we have to come to the office. Why? Like I'm way more productive at home. So yeah. for balancing this, like I'm way more collaborative at work, but I'm way more productive in doing deep work when I'm at home. So it's like being like, oh, I need to go to the office and challenge ideas with my team. I need to go home, take this in, and fucking do eight hours of design. You know, like like it's it's like balancing this to life. And I think that this is great. I love this. I love this balance of isolation where you can really go deep in your thoughts and collaboration where you have the office and you can exchange all these thoughts and be challenged and be awake about what's going on and and morphing your 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 point of view and then you go back home and and do the deep work I like like open spaces i couldn't like work in an open space anymore like living this 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 you know deep work state like like to me it's absurd and there's no like one or zero like binary op options to that mm -hmm. it's just i think the mix of both of them are beneficial yeah and and it's hard to get that same feeling just pure remote like you can jump on meetings you can use tools but there's nothing like being in a room with another individual you put a couple of people in a room that are super creative they get some creative spark they start bouncing ideas off each other and some magic moments can really come to life yeah, and it's and it's true, and I believe you can do that remote. You know, like mm. I think Studio Fright is a great oh, example yeah. of that. You know, like like they're all remote and they're doing amazing work. I think it's not impossible. I think it's what you can stand as an individual. Like to me, yeah. like I need human connection. I need to like have silly coffee table conversation. You know that that stir my thoughts, and then I can go back upstairs and like kind of like work with them. But I love to. What, you know, like some people hate it because I'm like I'm loud. I love to talk. I love to like to 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 go to people. So sometimes I can maybe like challenge somebody like like on a question, and they're like, oh, I'm like trying to get some deep work here. So so like I think communication is key. Sometimes you know you you have this spark of oh, I want to bounce this with this guy, but you know like is he like in the right mood, right space, you know, to have that conversation? So sometimes you know like the challenge for me. It's like I get those sparks, those ideas, is to like write them down and maybe address them later. So, so this is like a challenge for me because I'm very reactive, very like on the go. If I have like one idea that pops, I just want to turn around and talk about it with with like another creative. Be like, oh, what about this? What about that? And and, and like challenge the idea. Like like it, it's just in my nature. So, working with a lot of people that that's an important thing. Knowing. The, the people you're working with like some mm. people need some space some people likes those conversation and it's all about like 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 balancing that you know uh to be productive you know you don't want to tap on a shoulder and like break his uh, like somebody's afternoon like they, they were like on a strive and you're just like yeah. what the fuck you know so so to me that's that's a big challenge because i'm mm. very open i like to talk about that so respecting everybody's spaces and 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 processes you know that that's really important 
to 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 get speed and velocity on projects you know like yeah you have to know your team you have to know like uh, the people how they will react to this how people like to, to receive critics uh, and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that you know some people like it raw and you know in your face you know work with uh isabel moranta uh for a while at locomotive like fucking amazing uh amazing woman amazing designer uh you know but she liked that you know she, she and she find it soft in canadians like in general you know like compared to europeans we're like oh we try to like to polish the corners and make stuff like you know like um you know you could like and she would like just give it to me raw this is just give me what you think and and, and, and you know like you have to adapt to those person there's maybe a yeah. person that you're not able to go that directly you need to me more have more poise in your uh, your your approach so basically design is about like human interactions actually mm. with the software we build but also interactions between us you know it's it's like we all have like similar but different points of view and the only way to figure out the whole view is to exchange and have conversations if we yeah. do things on our own, we only have part of the equation. We don't have all points of view. And I think that's where, you know, diversity can be interesting. It's like that you can get all these points of view and you can adjust your your aim, you know, with, with this new information that you can't get on your own, that you can't get, you know, just being one person, one individual experiencing the world. So it's like, connecting together really gives us this perspective of what actually is truth or like meaning yeah let's let's pivot and i think it's an easy pivot to building velocity and how you're able to kind of capture and build that velocity and momentum with your work at locomotive so 25 projects a year that's that's a lot. That's a big hustle. Sometimes 20, sometimes 28. Like yeah. it, it's just kind of an average. But I, I would could certainly say for in the past five years, 120 projects. Wow. That uh, you know, from small to big, like like different sizes, different things, some branding stuff, some websites. But it it, it always amazes me that you know, we're like two UX designers, two uh, creative directors three art directors that's the design team you know mm. oh with with a one motion designer Catherine. so like small design team uh great force in in front end we have about six uh seven like strong front end developers and maybe like uh i don't remember the numbers exactly but maybe like four four to five back ends and, and you know some project managers some some sales guys so so overall about 30 people Mm. I think it's 10 in management, eight in design, and, and uh, 10 in uh, 10 or tw no, 12 in uh, development. Mm. Oh, so, not a huge team, but not a small team, also. You know, like we have quite a, like a, a, a false de frappe. You know, we have kind of like a lot of people uh, that can answer. We create, we kind of create like micro teams. You know, it's not everybody gets consulted and, and bring in ideas but usually it's like smaller teams you know that will work on on many projects at the same times at the same time uh, but i think you know like if you're talking velocity you know it 
there's a clear vision at the agency of what we do. That vision kind of create the culture. You know, it's all about like creating an environment so everybody's like like comfortable to create and and be productive. So it's about like being flexible to everybody. You know, like a uh, some developer, you know, can't do work before 10 a.m. You know, why, why, why force him to start <laughs> working at nine? You know, if yeah. not getting anything from nine to ten. You know, uh, another person loves uh, work-life balance. Another person loves fucking money. You know, <laughs> you know, like everybody <laughs> has different goals, uh, uh, different uh, motivators. You know, and, and I think tuning in one-on-one -on -one with all these individuals, making sure they're 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 in the right space right environment for them to be happy to be like uh creating to be uh, to have purpose in what they do feel listen uh you know on, on their opinion on, on a project and you know i think this is the difficult part mm -hmm. you know because you can be that strong leader you know that drives everybody in one direction but to be actually like like uh, like taking the time and when i say leader i'm just talking about me you know there's a couple leaders at the agency i'm not i'm not the only leader you know but but everybody seems preoccupied by creating that environment where the the greatest ingredient is trust mm. you know i know i'm not going to tackle this in the project but i have enough trust in you that you're going to take what i did and what i've established and push that further and make it better and sometimes you know i will doubt that but i don't care i trust you you know this is the hardest thing to do in design to yeah. let go of like you know that's that that was not what i intended to do with the mouse over effect but you know what you like it you like it ah, let's go with that you know like like it's cool you know like like to me that's real collaboration sometimes you know like it's not going to be your idea sometimes you know there's a lot of time i'm like ah, i think my thing is better and when i see the final thing i'm like ah i'm glad that i trusted them because it looks fucking dope yeah and, and you know like it, it, it's about letting go it's about like like trusting all these people you're, you're working with and knowing your place in that bigger ecosystem you know like it's not oh, i'm gonna collaborate i'm gonna work with everybody all the time no 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 it's sometimes doing your part and then let it go and let another person take it on and and, and move for, forward but to do that you need, you need to have that trust you need to have people in place that that you know you trust and even if it's going to take more time sometimes because i don't know maybe it's more of a junior profile or somebody that has less experience but if you don't give them that space if you don't give them the the chance to actually do something of their own they're going to mm -hmm. either lose interest or not grow and that's not what you want to do you know you want to get those people to the level that, that everybody is in the agency and get them tuned and i think that's what locomotive has done well in in the years that i was there keeping people because mm. you know you know the industry you know like that first of all the only way you can really grow in salary is just moving from one to the other yep you know it's like, like every two years is kind of the rhythm it so the real challenge for an entrepreneur you know you know this i i know you're smaller than us but i'm sure there's still like challenges like that where you have somebody working for you for four years five years finally it goes well and you know they go, they get a better offer, they get, you know, they change. So the real challenge is like, how do you get those people together in a long time, building processes, building ways to work, ways to collaborate so you can go faster. And yeah. that's been the locomotive secret. You know, it's, it's, 
well, secret. It's not much of a secret, but <laughs> the sauce, like you, you like like the, the secret sauce. You know, yeah, exactly. Tell me, tell me the components <laughs> of the secret sauce. Is it a little mayo, a little Worcestershire? What's in there? Yeah, no, the sauce is definitely you know like like everything I've talked about so far, but you know it, it it's about like breeding that culture, like making sure the fire stays alive. You know, if you've been in the campfire, you know, like sometimes mm -hmm. yeah, you need to put more wood, you need to keep it alive, you need to keep that energy alive. And of course, there's always going to be people, yeah, you make me think one drink more. <laughs> but it's always going to be those people that at one point, you know, they're not at their place anymore and they're going to go and it's okay. I'm not saying you need to keep everybody forever, but the more you keep people, the more you're going to work fast. You know, like, like for example, a locomotive, like there's developers has been there for 12 years, some from like five years, some from six years, some from four years, and they all work together very closely. So when we had a challenge, for example, on light shift recently last year, when, uh, you know, the deadline shifted from four months to three months, no idea where the content's going to come from. And, you know, we have to move fast. They have South by Southwest in, in, in February. We need to be there. We need to launch the, the brand and everything. So at one point, we had five developers working on the same fucking website. Mm. You know, I don't know if you you work with developers, you know, like having five guys harmoniously like working together like towards the same goal this is like a this is a challenge you know yeah. it's, it's hard to do as developers everybody kind of have those their ways you know of doing things and and to have like protocols and to have like kind of a vision that really uh put an umbrella over that and and really push the, the project forward you need people that have been working together for a long time you know it, it's easier I'm not saying it's impossible yeah. to do with people, you know, like like great people like coming together for like a contract for a couple months. I'm not saying it's possible. It's way easier to do with people that worked on their same framework for a long time and use the same processes and use the same like kind of like way to code to achieve something. So so to me, like when you talk velocity, it's also a lot about that. You know, it's about experience, not just experience as individuals, but experience as a group. You know, working together for a long times, developing reflexes and ways to tackle problems. To me, that's the greatest strength that we have. You know, like because of the culture we create naturally with the vision. Well, we create this this environment that 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 allows this trust, and it helps us move forward. Also, because we always adapt the process mm -hmm. depending on the job. I always thought it was a weakness from locomotive like they did you know we have so much different types of clients always thought you know like oh my god we're not clear with our vision we're not attracting the exact thing we want but at the end it's quite the opposite you know we're we're able to adapt to all these different kinds of clients because we're able to adapt our process, adapt the size of the team that's on the project and adapt the way we're going to work on the project. And this is a key thing, you know, like if you just apply the same process to everything, of course, you're going to be locked in those kind of clients. But we work with Lowe's Innovation Labs that are like a huge, like part of a huge Fortune 50 like companies. But we also work with Lightship, which is like a 25 people startup. And working with both is very different. You know, mm -hmm. startup, you know, boom, 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 boom. We get this done, we get this done, we move on. 
sometimes we hit a wall, you know, because we take risk. But, you know, it's startup mentality. You know, like you try things, you move forward, and boom, small mm -hmm. Two, two fast speedboat moving together, locomotive and the class. But then you work with Lowe's. Uh, yo, this shit is fucking like, like 20 feet long yacht. You know, like uh, you want a decision. It's like, oh, let's go up there, you know, to the captain right. and then uh, and go back and oh, well, switching. And then you're there with your speedboard going around the, the, the fucking thing. So adapting to a bigger client was a huge challenge for us. You know, we're, we're fast. We're moving forward. Like, like these companies need time. They need to make decisions. They need to analyze things. It's a different mentality. So you need to adapt your process. You can't like manage this project the same way you're going to manage the startup. So, so I think it's one of the key we have, you know, like we're able to make those switches. We're able to like adapt from one to the other and, and kind of build a team and build a process that is, uh, you know, like better for, for this type of client. So, adapting man yeah always adapting that's the key i'm curious what the kind of team breakdown is for a project at locomotive how many people what are the roles because i'm assuming that multiple people are working on different projects and that's where you're, you're one able account to manager one project manager one creative director one art director at least one front end at least one back end so if there's like more to be done in design. Sometimes we bring another designer. Sometimes if more work to do in, in backends, then we'll bring another backend. And we'll adapt depending of the deadlines and you know what's happening with the project. Also, you know, like, like sometimes a project goes well according to plan, you know, we have the right time. Sometimes, you know, like it slows down and then the deadline comes right into your face and you need to adapt, you know, to really reach that deadline. So like being able to have people with experience, being able to like jump in into a project and really help another person to me is the key. Like I have a, a project right now, you know, where uh, one of the UX designers very, uh, very in demand, you know, on, mm. on, on what he has to do. And I'm able to come in, another UX is able to come in and really help them because we have the same process. We have the same documents. We have the same way to work. You know, we can easily come in, each other's work and do more work because we're always aware of everybody uh, what everybody's doing you know we do sometimes i would argue a bit more too much meetings but <laughs> a lot of meetings you know where we get the knowledge of where projects are so mm -hmm. as a whole as an agency you always have like this bird eye view of where the agency is going what are the, the 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 troubles what are the the great wins that, that, that we did like like the, all this is like communicated to the team like often so it's all about like being tuned together you know it's mm. like an ecosystem you know you need to be like and as soon as you have like somebody that that doesn't that's is not there you know you, you always have like this group of people supporting the, this person so we're, we're a bit like uh like blood molecule molecules <laughs> and the virus come and then we're just like yeah. like let's get together and fix that <laughs> so i like that <laughs> the antivirus approach to uh, yeah, yeah. design yeah well it's really about you know like like creating that uh that spirit of of like you know so it always happened you know like oh the motion designer doesn't have anything to do like oh oh like this designer uh, is dry now or like this designer is overwhelmed he has too much yeah. shit to do you know like so you you rebalance you bring in somebody to help you bring in like somebody to think with that person 
And if you don't do that, you just have people panicking in their corners, you know, and that's not what you want to do. You know, you want to be able to, and it's always a challenge as a small agency because sometimes you have like in good Quebec French, la brou dans toupette, like you have, you have like the, the, the wind in your face and then, you know, like you can't really like, like uh, you're overwhelmed, but, but mm. sometimes it's also about communicating that to the client, you know, and remembering uh, and, and, you know, like, like we're a small agency. Sometimes it's okay to say to the client, like, Hey, we're small. We're doing the best we can. We're overwhelmed right now. You know, like give us a chance. We'll get, we'll get to that deadline. Yeah. You know, you know, and being honest about it, you know, being like, like, Hey, you know, like, I'm not going to tell you everything's fine. You know, like we're getting that. No, I'm going to communicate to you. Like you're being a bitch now. Like you're being difficult. Like, like we can work faster than this, you know, like, like, and, and, and sometimes it opens a door to like, ah, oh, yeah, I've been talking about this. You know, what can I do to, to make it better? Like, is it better if I communicate this uh, upward, you know, like, and, and before, and, and sometimes you come up with a solution instead of like keeping everything gated and, and not communicating this. Like we really see the team, our team always an, as an extension of the client's team. Yeah. It's not us against you, you know, it's us with you. We're part of the same thing. We want this, we want this project to be great. And sometimes, you know, it's defending your team's idea in front of the client. Sometimes it's defending your client's idea in front of the team. Say, like, hey, guys, you're fucking going around in corners here. Like, the clients want to achieve this. Like, we're, and we're not doing this right now. We're, like, locked into our thinking of what the project should be. You know, we need to draw back to this idea. And I think this is a main role of a creative director. is like, being that, that, that chain, you know, between the client and the team. And being able to like challenge a team, but also challenge a client and say like, oh, like client, this is shit. Like, like, I don't know where you're going with this, but like we can do like way better doing that, 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 that. And then you get a bit like, and, and then like after a couple like exchanges, everybody tune in into the idea. And that's also what we're looking into clients to have that fit. You know, if I just ask you for a brief and you can't give me a brief, and I have to do five meetings to get you a brief. Why would I do a project with you? Like, is every step going to be that difficult? Like, if you can't express <laughs> your ideas to me, you know, you know, like, like you can see those red flags or green flags if it goes well, like really fast in the project. And it's hard when you, especially when you're starting business, to say like, oh no, I'm not going to take you like and pay my employees with your money. <laughs> Exactly, you, yeah. you don't have you know like this 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 characteristics but you have to do it because every time you say yes to somebody that doesn't fit with you is a no to somebody you could have fit and the more you take everybody in the less you get what you want to do so if you really want to do what you want to do you have to stick to your guns you have to stick to your values you have to be able to identify those values and be like Hey, this is what we stand for as a company, and we want to work with people that have the same stance. And if you don't express that vision, and and in your design and your your company like 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 documents, it doesn't express mm -hmm. that. Like, don't be surprised if you don't get that fit. You know, you need to speak out your truth, speak out the way you think, so people are like, "Hey, I like those guys. They think like me. I'm gonna work with them." And then you get a real fit. You get people like like Lightship on on our end, where like. Oh my god it went so smoothly Every, everything was like moving forward like them giving us ideas and, and back and forth and just this creative great creative vibes 
and you get other clients that I wouldn't name that, you know, just, just keeps, you know, not working with you, expecting that you would do everything and, and not collaborating. And to me, like, like the team has to expand to the client's team. And if they're not willing to do the work with you, how the fuck are you going to figure out everything for them? It's not going to happen. They have 50% of the keys. You have 50% of the keys. You know, yeah. you do everything alone and they can do everything alone. You know, like it has to be a, a two-way conversation. Saying yes to the wrong thing is an easy way to sink your ship if you take too many of those because you're not going to end up getting the work that you want. It's the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Because, you you know, like you run a company. You have like bills to pay. You have <laughs> people to pay. You know, what if I say no to them, but it's good money. Sometimes you're, 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 you know, you're blurred by like this cloud of money. You're like, oh my God, you have a big budget. Yeah, but their people suck. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, like you have to be honest about it. You have to be straightforward about it. You have to be able to know what is a red flag for you. And as soon as you see that red flag, get out of there. It's not an opportunity. Don't lose your talent, your time, your precious team on people that don't deserve them and it's the hardest thing to do like honestly like every sales people <laughs> would, would say to you like yeah good money like like uh can we work it around can we make it work <sighs> probably but do you want to make it work or you yeah. want to be fluid and, and want to be organic and want to be like talking with people on the other side of the screen more often because you, you're probably working with international clients <laughs> and and still have that connection yeah. But, you know, speaking of connection, I think it's doable. You know, you were talking about like, oh, like, like connection at the work. And we were talking about that, but it's okay to have connection to the screen. You know, uh, mm -hmm. I remember in the pandemic, you know, I was exchange, exchanging with uh, Tim Evans from uh, mm -hmm. Malva, mm -hmm. great studio in uh, South Africa, Cape Town. And we like, you know, like we posted shit like during COVID, like design stuff online. We just like, ah, oh, you have the same taste as me. And we started like talking. And we've been good friends like for a good like four years now, but we never met in person. You know, well, my whole team I've never met in person. <laughs> so I feel you, man. So it's doable, but yeah. I mean like I can't wait to meet this guy. I can't wait like to fly to South Africa and fucking like hug him and be like, oh, yeah. dude. And he, he was in Amsterdam this year, and I couldn't make it to Amsterdam uh, this year. And I was like, ah, shit, like the first year in five years, and I'm not there, and you're there. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, it sucks. But we'll find a, we'll find a way. We'll find a yeah, way. Yeah, next time, for sure. <laughs> another year, another conference, I suppose. Yeah, I'm not big on conferences. Like, when I get a conference offered to me, like, the first thing I think is like, oh, could Jeff come with me? Can we, can we make this a trip? Uh, like, the only thing I do is like do this talk, and then I can like visit this place. <laughs> so I see this more as an opportunity, like the, to visit a new place, to meet new people, like the talk. Like I, I, I don't have this ego anymore, like to be like a superstar of design, and I like like even like doing this podcast with you, like. I thought of canceling it like at least twenty five <laughs> times, and I was like. I can't do this to to Brit, you know. Like, like I can't let him down. I said yes. I should do it. And <laughs> like, oh, why does Dust hate me so much? What did I do? Thank you. I just, I just not a fan. Like, as soon as you're gonna post this, I'm gonna like signal you like as spam. 
all I want, Dust, all I want is you to promote it on LinkedIn and Twitter. Of course. And you cannot listen to it. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not gonna like every time I'm gonna see my face, I'm gonna scroll down. Yeah. I just I'm just like, oh. Yep. Oh, I feel the same way. I'm sitting in the editing bay listening to me. I'm like, what an asshole. <laughs> ah, it's just like my, my wife is literally laughing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to, to this, I guess our main subject is collaboration and being mm -hmm. better human beings where you share things and communicate things and, and share perspective, you know, like uh, about things. So this really draws us back to like, you can't do everything alone, even if you have AI, even if you have no code and stuff like that, you can do it. You know, I'm sure I can pull out a project by my own, but would it be as much fun? Would it be as much, uh, you know, uh, learning, you know, like uh, about new perspectives and stuff like that? I think like the, the way we have to exchange ideas, especially, when we start a project, you know, I think that's where, you know, like nothing is taboo, you know, like every idea is good and you can really throw everything out there. And then, you know, you edit, <laughs> you're like, okay, like this might be a bit crazy, but how can we scale it down? And I think that's the real creativity. You know, it's not about like, oh, I want to do this. I make no concession. And you know, I'm going to bring all the people and do this. <laughs> this works like, like, especially with like major budgets or like, crazy crazy hungry startups yeah that would, like don't care about time don't care about money they will just try for the idea mm -hmm. but like for the rest of the 95.8 percent of the time where you have to actually balance ambition and restrictions you know you need the real creativity is like how the fuck are we going to do this on time without exploding the fucking budget yeah <laughs> so this is the well the real creativity come in place it's not just like oh i have this crazy idea we can do this it's like oh i have this crazy idea how can we do it and and, and then figuring out the owl you know the why is easy <laughs> the, the what we want to do is easy but the how is always fucking complicated so it's <laughs> tough how are we going to achieve that and and you know like looking at, at the landscape of design i'm always amazed by small teams that does like very crazy stuff mm -hmm. so you can talk of the aristide benoit of this world you know like that 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 will do like three projects a year but man those yeah. projects you're like fuck. they blow they blow <laughs> your mind yeah and and you know like like this fascinates me because i'm in way other like like mind state i'm more like mm -hmm. hey i'm gonna put 25 this year you know like <laughs> i'm gonna move with my team we're gonna figure out that, like it's a different mindset you know it's a different sure. way to do things and there's space for both in the market you know like there's those companies you know you know i can feel like the 28ks of, of this world you know like uh mm -hmm. like those small teams that craft really 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 high-end like 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 uh projects you know working with international connections to to really like like bring this up and you have those local teams like Rogue and Locomotive. Yeah. Well, you're less. I, you, I just heard you said like you're remote, but remote yeah. in the states or remote in the world? All, all worldwide. So all from world. Tokyo to South Africa to people in the Tokyo, states. Tokyo to New York. Yeah. Shit, that's that's quite a quite a difference. Call me yeah. in the morning. I call you at night. Like uh, exactly. Yeah, we're working around the clock. Every time zone, I feel like we got locked in right now. Yeah, we we had a couple of Japanese and Chinese clients. Like these are these are rough. 
like like in terms of like uh you know like like workshops and getting yeah. things together and, and stuff like that and also communication you know when you work with such a different culture you know yeah. how emotions are perceived our, our, our knowledge is perceived our respects is, is received you know like it, it's always adapting you know to who you're talking to like uh I, I will always remember like working with a japanese client and they were like very very optimistic in the meeting but would come back with a very, very harsh. <laughs> and I was like, I thought we had them on board, but then they're definitely not on board. And I was like having trouble catching all the small like nuances and details of the culture, you know, when you do yeah. business. And, and, it, and it, to me, that's the biggest challenge when you work with worldwide clients, you know, it's adapting to culture, adapting to to the point of views and, and the business language, you know, like, like we're French Canadians it's optimistic all the time you know like like we're That's the only way energy, like, like stuff like that uh, and sometimes some people like it serious you know mm -hmm. they like you know give me the hard facts give me the, the hard thing you know like uh so so adapting is always the key like it's always like like adapting to your speaking adapting to you to to actually do good business because you're in the business like we're all in the business with services you know like a bit of product but still services you know it's still serving yeah, people. For sure. so it's trying to give them the best experience doing what they want to do with their with the projects and i think that's what uh gf like 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 jean-francois the agency really taught me as a designer it's sometimes to really think about what this guy with his money want to do you know are you enabling this guy idea mm. like it's things he used to say to me like are you the guy enabling is vision mm. yeah it's your vision yeah it's your project you're trying to do something but but are you in tune with what yeah. you're trying to do with his business what he's trying to do with with, with his endeavor and, and this really changed my my way of looking at projects sometimes and that's why i'm sometimes the asshole in the creative theme that's like yeah <laughs> but you know the, the client's trying to achieve this and i'm not feeling that we're like like centered around that idea like we're kind of like like focusing it on, on on what we want to do but is is it like really what what he wants and and another key for real creativity you know it's it's like it's easy to be creative for yourself well not easy all the time like doing portfolios <laughs> for yourself it's hell you know yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like the worst thing doing your own website as an agency exactly oh, for myself every time the, the curse of the artist in that way but <laughs> but to your point doing work for your own self-fulfillment is different than doing something with tangible goals that the client needs to hit and money on the line. Yeah, but using your talent to actually express to somebody else's idea. It's yeah. the hardest thing to do. Because mm -hmm. you know you have five better ideas, but he likes that idea. So how am I gonna make this idea the greatest idea using what I know to do best? This is the hardest thing to do you know like it's and it's actually design work yeah like not you're not doing that you're doing art yeah <laughs> you know that's the big difference between design and art it's like it serves a purpose and somebody else's purpose mm -hmm. not yours. yeah or, or a, a generative like like purpose something that, that is common to everybody like if you're talking like big campaigns or like humanitarian campaigns or stuff like that but mm -hmm. you have to embrace the purpose you're serving you know, like it's all about service. And sometimes as designers, 
with our egos, with our like little, like we tend to think that we have all the answers. We are like, we know a better route. And we're sometimes we're not considering, you know, the people that are in front of us that actually have a lot of experience doing their thing. They might not doing right and you might have a better idea for them, but the right way to draw them in is to actually like embrace their ideas, mm -hmm. not to just confront them. Sometimes you need to confront them, but most of the time, you know, it takes a little patience and a little work, but you're getting that vision and you're able to translate it into something good. And this is our job. Like I like, I like to say we make the dream full feasible, mm. you know, like it's easy to think about something. It's easy to have an idea. The hardest thing is to actually make it, to actually execute it in time, on time, within budget. <laughs> like, like, like this is the hardest thing to do. Like, like having yeah. ideas is easy. Like doing a, a school project for six months about like a logo, it's easy. Like trying to do this logo in two weeks because this guy needs to work for like 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 this is another challenge, you know. Like you have yeah. to use your thinking process in a different way, and sometimes you have to commit to things that you would think longer about it. But you know what? You need to commit. You need yeah. to commit. You need to go. And this is where I think you detach the ego from the designer when you actually committed to getting work out because you can think forever. You can spend the rest of your life on the on the logo <laughs> if you want. At one point, you have to assume like like okay, this is this is done. I'm I'm gonna put it out. I'm gonna give it to another team, and and I'm on to the next one. On to the next one. <laughs> that's that's the mic drop moment. Boom. <laughs> on to the next one. And, and oh. it's a hard thing to do as a designer, as we get yeah. attached to what we do. We get personally attached, emotionally attached to what we do. And and the hardest part is to let it go. Like the client, like 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 the Dr. Dabber brand we did, like for Dr. Dabber. Mm -hmm. you know, like I had a total vision. I did documents after documents for that brand. We had one of our friends, you know, my best friend, like working with them for two years, trying to build a design mind, a frame, a frame of mind, you know, like in within the company to really apply his brand. And at one point, they let us go, they let my friend go, and they're on their own. And you have no control of that brand anymore. You need to let go. I'm not going to watch every of their posts and be like, oh, fuck. Yeah. They use the typo wrong. And like, you know, like I can't be that person. I, I can't be attached like this to my design. At one point, it's done. I did my job. I'm on to the next one. I'm moving to the next project. And this is really important. I, I wish I had that attitude when I was a junior. When I was starting the, in, in this business, because yeah. I was too much attached to what I do. I was arguing, arguing forever about things, mm -hmm. not being a collaborative person, being somebody driven, somebody passionate, but not collaborative. Like I was not letting the input in. I was output, 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 output. And, and, and your designer, I think, should be mostly input. <laughs> Agreed. Is that the new Triforce? What did you say? Vis collaboration? Well, the Triforce for me would be articulate your vision. Mm -hmm. Like, you need to be able to put it in words. Yeah. Like, 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 like at Locomotive, it's, it's, it's pretty easy. It's like design and code are only tools. We don't believe we're defined by what we use. From Figma to Photoshop to whatever the fucking tool, AI, blah, blah, blah. We don't, we're not defined by that. We're defined by how we collaborate, how we build this vision, how we work together. And that vision creates the culture. 
because mm -hmm. it rallies people around it. You know, so people are like, hey, I like what you think, how you think, I love how you design. So like, let's work together. Let's like get this stuff going. Let's get this ball rolling. And you create that culture around an environment of trust and collaboration. You don't want people to work in silos. You don't want to, you want people to be able to have the safe space to say whatever they have on their mind, even if you're junior, senior, like whatever, you know, like best idea win. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you just want to adapt, adapt, adapt. You know, like nothing is set in stone. One person, one client will work like that. The other will work like that. If you try to just like get everybody in the mold, it's just going to fail every time. You need to change the mold for everybody. All yeah. the time. If you don't do that, if you try like to build, oh, I have this process for website and everybody needs to follow all these steps, it's never going to work. Mm. Never, ever going to work. Well, it might work sometimes. <laughs> but... You know, if you don't adapt it to the personalities, to the person you're working with, to the, the team you have at hand, you know, it's just it, you're not going to be able to achieve the things you want to achieve. You have to, mm -hmm. be able to have that flexibility to change how you work from project to project. But I, I like to kind of wind down the episodes by going into some fast and fun questions that are completely unrelated. We touched about. Yeah. Collaboration process, the building of the agency, all sorts of like beautiful things about process. So these are just for fun. So, what is your favorite tattoo that you have? Maybe one that's visible, but I don't know what's underneath the shirt, and I don't know if you feel like getting that personal. My, my favorite tattoo, I like. I have like different favorite for different reasons, but just to keep in the line of you know the agency collaboration and everything. I have a, I have a tattoo on my forearms that nine people that, well, they're not all working again with us, but there's this, uh, this double skull here that was designed by one of our, uh, I can maybe send you a picture after mm. this so you can look yeah. it. Uh, and I can maybe send you a picture of everybody that has this tattoo at the agency. Cause every time we do a trip, cause you know, like, uh, one way for us to get people you know knowing each other and getting this friendship going because we really believe you know like that we need to cultivate genuine friendships in what we do and when i say friendship i'm not saying like oh everybody's best friend and you know when the agency closed we all go to the restaurant together like like of course there's natural like organic things going but when we say friendship is more about like what what is friendship you know friendship is deeply caring about the outcome for the other person and this is what we believe with clients this is what we believe with, with with employees and collaborators it's like we try to build relationships where we deeply care about your outcome like if you're a designer deeply care that you grow in what you do and that you able to express what you do and that we believe that our clients you know we we try to do the best we can for your brand and and things like that it's a deep deep feeling that we're trying to cultivate, you know, and this friendship is built in the agency with the culture. And you know, you know, you have the small things in the culture. You have like the small gatherings and and the crazy stuff. Like for example, we do poetry, uh, chat GPT poetry nights uh, in the basement of the agency. So everybody like writes a crazy poetry, uh, like poem. And we all read it out loud with some lasers and like some smoke machines. And we create that completely absurd like nights. Like this, this is the culture. There's three social club 
at Locomotive. Like, like there's a social club, there's a social club two, which is kind of underground thing, and then you have the social club three, which is a totally underground thing. <laughs> ask me why, I don't understand it myself, but there's like subculture of the subcultures at Locomotive. <laughs> Amazing. And every year we go uh, on a trip, you know, like it's all included. Uh, you know, we don't go to Portugal and fucking rent a house. You know, it's going to be crazy, you know, like doing the dishes every night. You know, it's just, it's just so we go to the, this all included uh, resort. And for one week, we have activities together. You know, there's four teams, four colors, and you need to get your points. You need to, you know, like there's kind of a comp competition going. Uh, we have challenges, you know, like uh, as soon as we get to the airport, everybody gets this little challenge that they need to do to another person for another team. So all week you're thinking, ah, how am I going to do this? And you get to connect with people that you're not used to connect, you know, like uh, like back-end developers as a designer that you don't see often because, you know, they do the deep work, uh, you know, like behind yeah. Behind the curtains, so you get to connect with other people, like project managers with with developers, developers with designers. Like people get together, mix up, and we get to have our uh, spouses, you know, and, and girlfriends and boyfriend coming if you want. So we get 40, 45 down there, and we party, we have fun, we get together. So when you're a new team member, you know, like it's stressful, you know, you get to do a, locomotive it might be intimidating for you and, and at one point you know around april we get that trip you know and, and we all get together so after that trip what i observe is like everybody's comfortable now mm. everybody is like oh, okay yeah. all, like all the ice has been break uh broken and now we can like actually get down to work and all this week is paid by the agency you know it's a big investment for the agency but i think it creates like the core for that culture it's like hey i trust you enough as, as an employee like the, to get you on board with this trip and really connect with you really like like get to know each other and you know of course not everybody connects with everybody you know like like people are drawn to people they they, they like or everything but you always have opportunities throughout the week to actually connect through activities to to games to like challenges to really like force you to to interact with everybody in the agency and and it all circles back to this idea of collaboration you know we need to cultivate this genuine friendship together to be able to say what we need to say when it's time to say it be able to be open not shy you know and be able to communicate the right way this event helps that it creates those connections creates those connections between people that after that after a couple of years a couple of trip I know you enough that I'm able to say the truth when I, I need to say it. I'm able to say a praise when I need to say it. I'm able to say a critic when I need to say it. It opens up connection. It opens up that spirit, that culture. And 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 it's genuine. It's organic. It's not forced. Well, it's forced a bit because we're taking <laughs> the events. But, uh, you know, like, you know what I mean? What would you say that the your favorite part of Montreal is and what keeps you living there other than your job? <laughs> uh i have a love-hate relationship with montreal that's a tough question okay uh, i would say my favorite thing about montreal is the food game okay uh, i mean you can go to italy you can go to great places where you get great food but you're not gonna get a span of food like you get in montreal you know like i know some great indian spots some great italian spots some great french but you know there's so much great creativity in terms of food in terms of bars it's really like comparable to like the Toronto's, the New York, the LA of this world. 
you know, in terms of like like food. So it's there's a great cultural scene. There's a great art scene. You know, if you're if you're an artist, you're gonna thrive in Montreal. You know, it's a, it's a city for that. There's really openness uh, about it. There's really like a lot of festivals, mural festival uh, for graffiti's. You know, like jazz festival, music festival. Like there's like festivals after festivals. As soon as the weather is good for it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Five months of winter, fucking hell, and then fucking <laughs> spring comes in, and it's like fireworks, like everywhere. Like that's what I love about this this city. Mm. What I don't like about the city <laughs> is that uh, it's dirty. It's ah. a dirty city, like a bit like New York. New York is also like a, a bit of a dirty city, but but the cultural scene is fucking vibing. You know, like like there's this contrast between like like dirty city, but like like the mindset the people the culture is fucking amazing but mm. when you get in in the restaurants and the clubs and in the bars and, and where the culture really happens you find out you find out about gems you know yeah gems djs gem chefs gem like like there's all this culture driving it's the five uh five uh five months long winter <laughs> well, <laughs> if you could live anywhere where would you choose oh uh, if i didn't have a kid you know well, yeah, like, that, i love my kid yeah, I would never get away from my kid, but I would be in Amsterdam, like hands down. Mm, okay, yeah, I love the city. I love the I love the vibe of the city. I love the the tribe of the design scene. Like like so much so many like great people I met there that are living there. Like I would like totally be uh, be in Amsterdam, but I'm glad where I'm at. You know, like, like Montreal area is a, is a great place. Last question for you. What is something outside of the design world that's really lighting you up right now? Right now, it's been yeah. lighting me up forever, but like it's still lighting me up right now. But I'm a huge, huge video game guy. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What's your system? What are you rocking? Are you PC? Are you PS? I rock everything, man. Everything. I have Xbox uh, X series, uh, you know, for everything, third person view or like story adventure like stuff like that i'm a huge fps guy on my pc mm -hmm. uh i have vr uh i do a lot of gaming like especially sports in vr golf the ping pong is amazing yeah. in vr so like simulation a lot in vr and 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 my little girl is a gamer like she's mm. she huge roblox she, she would move from the xbox to the tablet to the VR on Roblox and have fun all day, you know, like even me, I'm like, oh, you should stop playing video games, but I just want to play video games too. So sometimes we just sit together, she plays her game, I play my game and, and, and we're happy. We're together, <laughs> we're not talking, but we're happy. <laughs> but yeah, video games are are like, and since I was young, you know, like I remember getting my, uh, I had the Atari first, and then I had the Nintendo, the NES, you know, with uh, Super Mario One and the mm -hmm. Dog Hunt with the gun. That got me hooked on video games. You know, when I was younger, I would just like go to the Dep. You know, Depeners are like a bit like uh, how you call this in New York. Uh, you know, those little store convenience stores that have everything. Uh, bodega. Oh, bodega, yeah. Bodegas, yeah, yeah. So, so like in in, in Montreal, it's called the Depana, like like. Okay. Uh, Depeners, I guess, and so it's the same thing. It's kind of like a 
can get everything like from candy to like like beer to everything when i was young i was just grabbing a bunch of candies to the store ran two games you know two adventure games go back to my place like plug the nintendo and at that time you couldn't save you know you couldn't like just play and save you know you, you had to finish the game yeah we, we would we would stay like 12 16 hours you know like trying to finish the, the game you know and, and and you know eating candies and my <laughs> was like why don't you eat supper why you don't eat dinner like like uh, i don't know i don't know i just hate the fucking like five bucks of like of like uh raspberry candies <laughs> it's just like like crazy so even today you know i'm 44 years old and one of my best moments in life is just like getting a new game you know especially in venture one one you know you're gonna spend like 60 100 hours on yeah and you start the rpj and you have your candies and my roll up joints <laughs> <laughs> And, and you know, I know I can go for the next eight hours and just enjoy this game and just smoke, get high, eat some candy, and I still feel like I'm fucking twelve years old. <laughs> exactly, it's, it's a mindset. So, if, if you had to choose one game to play for the rest of your life, what would that be? Do I have to play it alone, or I can play with people? You can play with people. FIFA. FIFA. All right. FIFA. <laughs> I didn't know if it was going to be like Final Fantasy Seven or what it was going oh, to be. Final Fantasy Seven. You know, I, I played that game. I, I, I have like such a fresh memory in my head. I'm like, it's 2001, September. I'm playing <laughs> Final Fantasy Seven, and I, I've been playing all night, September 10. And I just like closed the console around 7.30 a.m., and I close the, the console and switch back to cable TV and fucking, you know, it's the planes in New York. It's September 11th. So, wow. like, so, so dude, I have like this memory of like being at the end of the game, fighting some like fucking monster down the fucking lake. And, you know, like all these, these crazy, like, like after games of, of uh, final seven, final fantasy seven and switching the TV to fucking one plane in, 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 wow. in the towers, to two planes in the towers, and be like, what the fuck's going on? And, and you know, like, the, this this is like, I can rem I can tell you what my color sofa, what the smell is of, in the room, is those kind of memory that marks you so much that you can see everything in that span of, like, maybe two hours. Uh, mm -hmm. so, so, yeah, it's... it's uh, but Final Final Fantasy VII was amazing, right? I think it's one of the craziest game I, I I've played. So much depth in it, so much different side missions and, and stuff you can do. Uh, animation was great. I always loved turn by turn RPGs. Like 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 it's just yeah. like so you can smoke, you can drink, you can eat. You know, it, it's slow pace. You know, you're not just in action. It's it's just it's just great. It's just great. Yeah. I love gaming. Sorry, it's a, it's a real passion <laughs> for me. <laughs> I have a PlayStation 4. I don't game very often. I am spending most of my time either like reading, writing, or editing these podcasts recently. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. No shit. <laughs> yeah. but you know what, what I was saying before with like the dreamful to the feasible? Yeah. Like you're a great example of that because everybody got podcast ideas. Hmm. But to actually get down, do it, edit it, you know, get into nitty-gritty of it and actually execute it is the hardest thing. So <laughs> I would love to give you a big props on that, you know, like even like the low-key legend concept, I probably thought of something like that three or four times, you know, in the last like six years. But to actually take it, to do it, 
to get all, all these people on boards. Big props to you, man. You're doing a great Thank job. Thank you. I appreciate that. I need the validation to keep me going. <laughs> no, 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 man. Don't praise yourself, man. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's easy to think of. It's hard to execute. And you're executing it. So props um, to you. Man. <laughs> thank you thank you i really appreciate it um i think it's probably a good time to do a little wrap there's a million and one insights that people can take away from the velocity of locomotive and bring it into their own industry their own studio their own practice so i just appreciate the time thanks for coming on you know like every time that somebody like even like you inviting me to like a low-key legend like, like low-key i get legend i'm like <laughs> but but you know like even when i get praised or get invited to a talk or like that to me it's always like amazing because i'm like i don't see myself as this like whatever genius or or, or whatever like pedestal you know like people like like i always like try to keep it real try to keep it like down to earth even in the work i do so it's weird but I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I pushed myself to do this conversation. And thanks for uh, for letting me. So to everyone out there, take the time to be kind, grind, and unwind. Remember that we are all legendary and have our own story to tell. And let's make the world a more creative place. Cheers. <laughs>